Hello and welcome. My name is Mark Blatstein, and I'm a physician who founded and created Physician Pre-Sentence Report Service. This is the third and final in a series of the Department of Justice 2324 Prioritizing Prosecution of Corporate Malfeasance. And this is going to be targeting or where the Department of Justice is targeting the individual within the corporation. And I realize most of you are attorneys. And for those of you that are not attorneys, this may be a little more appropriate, but doctors shouldn't treat themselves. And so... At the first sign that you may feel that something is amiss or that you could be under investigation, maybe you received the target letter, what do you do? Okay, you can panic a little, but then you have to do something. Because if it's the feds, they have a 98% conviction rate. And so you need legal representation. And it doesn't matter who you are, who you are, or how high up you are, the reputation food chain, because the Federal Bureau of Prisons, when you're staring them in the face, will have, will humble the best of you. I can tell you that that part's true. I did face them. I lost my medical license. I'm grateful that I was reinstated in full about 12 years ago, but very humbling. So when you are taking the steps to get representation, you need to interview lawyers. And as I had a hip replacement, when I met different surgeons, I wanted to speak to some patients that were happy. I also interviewed different doctors. I interviewed five orthopedic doctors. And so, you know, talk to different attorneys, see ones that you are comfortable with, possibly see if you can talk, speak to a couple clients that have your particular legal issue, and then ask to read several uh, sentencing memorandums that they may have. Uh, the attorney may say, well, there's HIPAA, there's private information there, and they're right. Uh, but you can also say that you, Adobe has the ability to block it out. They can take a magic marker, block it out. All you want to do is read the memorandum. You don't need to see any of the private information. And while some judges find the sentencing memorandum very helpful and identify about a dozen, there are also... Judges like Judge Bo, who believes that attorneys are just paid to say good things in the memorandum. And so, you know, it can go either way. So that's what, so you need the error though on the, on the, in the direction that the memorandum needs to be a good one. If you and your attorney are vacillating, do I trial or do I go to plea? Well, if you're you and your attorney are thinking of trying going to trial, a good question to be would be to first ask, 
how many cases has the attorney won in federal court, criminal court? Because the feds have a 98% conviction rate, or what percentage of cases has the attorney won? It's not a fair question, but I think it's a question that maybe has to be asked. That's between you and your attorney. And last, as everybody's, you know, now you've, you, you, got, you have a warm and cuddly feeling with your attorney. Finances have been discussed. Lastly, both of you have each, both of you have to agree to hold each other accountable. And that's so that the attorney can hold you accountable to making sure you have all the information in on time long before the pre-sentence interview has to be done. And at the same time, you're going to hold the attorney accountable to listen to you if you have certain needs that you need to be met. And he should listen to any thoughts or recommendations that you that you need to have. Plus, as an aside, you need to be honest with your attorney about all aspects of the case. You may think that you are initially when you're talking to him or her, but things may come to you at a, la at a later point in time. And if you're not completely honest with your attorney, and at some point in the courtroom, the prosecutor seems to know something that your attorney does not know, while your attorney may be embarrassed, the only one that's going to be hurt is you. And so that's not a good place to be. Next is that if some point, let's say you're either thinking about trial, you're thinking about a plea, but nobody really, you haven't been in front of the judge yet. And if some, you know, it, while you're at home, you've had a thought and the thought is that, you know, you really are guilty. And they, they have you on this one. I mean, you can, you know, you can him and haul, but, you know, if you had to cut away all the fluff, and you need to, t and you're willing to say that in court to the judge, then you need to talk to your attorney quickly. Because if you can get in front of this very fast, that can go a long way to your benefit. It can be, it can reduce your legal fees a lot. It can reduce the, the amount of anguish that the prosecutor has to go through. In other words, the work they have to put in on your case. And it may go a long way with the judge as far as your personal narrative and allocution, maybe you don't even have to have any prison time. I don't know. I'm not saying that that is the case, but it definitely ups that possibility. Either way. So getting all that information together for your attorney, that's a lot of information, which means you're starting with, if you're in your 40s, 50s, or 60s, you got you have a lot of doctors possibly. You have to have all of your medical records, everything, all of your doctor's contact information, medical and mental health care records. Don't wait till the last minute. Doctors are busy too. Hospitals are busy too. This time of year, the the winter now of 2023, there's going to be COVID. There's going to be influenza. There's going to be other viruses. And then nurses going on strike in New York. It's not going to be so easy to get records, um, not at all. And so you're going to have to get copies of all 
your office notes, your surgery records, your pathology results, all of your blood tests, all of your diagnostic tests. That means all of your x-rays, CT scans, PET scans, MRIs, ultrasounds. They can, they also come in, in, in type form as, as, uh, as your reports, but you also want to get them in CD. So that you should, and when, as you're getting all your medical records, get two copies, one for you, one for the court. Because you should have them for your own self anyway. You should get prescriptions, prescriptions of your own medications and prescriptions for your medical devices if you have any. You should have, go through all of the drugs that you have and make sure that the Bureau of Prisons has them. It's all available online. I'm available if you need me, but all the stuff is available online. If you notice that if you have a drug that's a non-formulary drug, your drug, you have to get your doctor to write you a very detailed letter. And maybe he has to come to court to say why that drug is necessary. So you don't have to wait six months to get it. If the drug is not available, then definitely your, your, your physician, I would hope, would make themselves available for the sentencing hearing and provide a detailed um, letter to your attorney as to why this medication should be used in in your case and why that it is provided for continuity of care and treatment plan in your particular, um, for your particular diagnosis. And that he needs to be, though, into the sentencing hearing so that the judge can ask questions. You need to have copies of all of your addition to your medical records, high to educational level achieved. Otherwise, they're going to make you, even if you went to law school, they're going to make you take the GED if you don't have a proof of a copy of your diplomas. Copies of military rank, copy of discharge, any special education training certificates, copies of social security card, driver's license, passports, birth certificate, letters, character reference letters, letters of character, not letters from people saying that you shouldn't go to jail or you're a good guy or girl. They should be letters to people that have known you, letters that people know that you are facing a legal problem where you've taken responsibility, that they've known that you've done community service or that you've done good deeds in your life, that this is contrary to your personality it's for the number of years that they've known you. You should have taken the narrative that right now is out in public domain that the probation officer knows, the pub prosecutor knows, and the judge knows has been what the Department of Justice has put out into the press through your indictment. That is what everyone knows. Your narrative needs to start, you've been writing, you need to have started writing it first person, your letter for 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 the last 60 days, 90 days. And it can be as long as it has to be long. And because it's going to be written, rewritten multiple times, starting from when you're a child to today. And, it's con- and it will be rewritten and distilled to where it expresses remorse, understands the victim's pain and suffering and how it impacted them. It, it will agree with the court as to the seriousness of the crime, 
what in your life, what happened to you a long time ago that brought you to this point? <clears throat> what caused you to do this? What has this experience taught you? Did this bring up something from your past? I mean, for me, it did, but I never was told about a personal narrative. I didn't never heard of this before, or I would have written one. Explain to the judge that you have a plan to try and make your victims whole. If you do, don't bring it up if you don't. If you've already started, what's the plan? But again, don't bring it up if you don't have a plan. <clears throat> have you any, have you put together any thoughts for an actual an actionable plan to do while you're in prison to emerge successfully? But don't only bring this up if you've thought about it. For example, if you've worked with us, we've gone through with you that you're going to have, if you have good character reference letters, they are going to be part of your pre-sentence interview and then report. If We've gone through with we've gone through with you. Your you your the first step back act your pattern score and the programs that are going to be available. The fact that you are be going to be writing reports on each of the programs that the case manager is going to be give them and you're giving you to take. And you're going to be internalizing each one of them and making a little report on them on what you've learned and how are you, you're going to use them and the teacher that's teaching them. You're also going to be having books sent to you where you're going to be life skills books where you're going to learn about the author and then about you're, going to, you're reading and you're going to write about what you've learned and how you can apply those life skills once you're released. And so all that's going to build um, to create a re-entry plan while you're in prison to help you emerge more successfully. And so this should hopefully, the goal is to create, in the judge's eyes, more you as an individual rather than as a felon. And so this narrative that you've written and rewritten several dozen times has been distilled down to several thousand words. The judges read it, or maybe watched a video and read it at the same time. And now you're in court, nervous. Comes your allocution, which you've practiced with your attorney. The allocution is the first time that the judge gets to meet you, the horrible person, the Department of Justice has painted in their indictment. And it's and all of a sudden the judge has maybe a doubt in his mind regarding the sentence he already has planned because of what he's read in your narrative. I never knew what an allocution was. And so This goes all back to you're going to have to be your best advocate in your narrative and now in your allocution. You've got to be have a sincere demeanor. The judge wants to know what does taking responsibility mean to you? When you acknowledge they're victims, what does that mean? 
how do you express genuine remorse? How are you going to use prison in a productive or probation in a productive manner? Well, we've kind of gone through this a bit. Your reentry planning has been, you have your character reference letters in there. You plan to be taking your survey to take the programming that's available through the First Step Act that these programmings are going to address your weaknesses. And as you address these weaknesses through the programs, hopefully you will learn from them. And as you learn from them, you're going to be going ahead and making notes so that you can memorialize them into a narrative, a journal, a log that you're going to be keeping from day one as you daily as you daily write this and it will grow over time the books that you will be getting as you continue to read will also do the same as you as you continue to read on your life skills as well as you can learn on business and science and philosophy all the above you'll have time to do that Rather than sit around and watch TV, you, you know, you, you can watch a little TV, you can play some sports, but it doesn't have to be all day, every day. Um, and also, the Bureau of Prisons has a financial responsibility program, which Congress wanted. And so, if you have a restitution or an amount of money owed, you can tell the judge it. You don't know exactly what your finances will be, but that you're going to do your best to participate in the financial responsibility program. And so this hope this will hopefully humanize you with the court because you've gone through your reentry planning while you're in what you're going to be doing while you're in the Federal Bureau of Prisons. And to emphasize this on the slide, we're going to do a new share. I think I can do this. And the new share is here. And this you can see is views from the bench. We're judges. They want us to own the mistake and demonstrate sincere remorse. This was done in 2019 in the federal lawyer. And these were these are lawyers from all across the country. From let's see here, this is North Dakota, Erickson, Judge Erickson. You know, where he went here to look at that. The defendant turned to the parents of the victim who had died. He says no punishments would be enough if he could go back and change everything he would. <sighs> There's another one, Judge Lawrence. Said, there has to be some acknowledgement of what happened. You want to hear from the defendant. It's huge a mistake not to allocute. You want to know what the defendant's been doing since the crime. And these are big things. Judge, Judge Mark Bennett of 
of from Illinois, Sioux City, Sioux, Iowa rather. He's published on allocution. He likes to have a conversation with the defendant. All of these judges, this goes on for several pages from everywhere. They want to know that the defendants own the mistake and demonstrate sincere remorse. And so with that, I thank you very much for taking the time to listen out of your busy days. My phone number is 240-888-7778. Website is Physician Pre-Sentence Report Service. If you have any questions, I'm more than willing to spend the time. It's on me. I hope everyone has a healthy and a safe new year. And again, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this three-slide series. Have a good and a safe New Year's.